Hello and welcome to Healthy Dose. I'm Shreya Shivastav, a research fellow at the Vidhi Center for Legal Policy and your host for this episode. In the first episode of Healthy Dose, we described the journey to a safe and effective vaccine as a lemon and spoon race. Just like this race, speed and safety is to be maintained in the race of creating a vaccine during a pandemic too. India did finish the lemon and spoon race successfully with two vaccine candidates Covishield and Covaxin. However, it appears that the challenge has just begun. With more than a billion people to vaccinate, India faces a formidable logistical challenge. At the same time, there are also challenges of efficiency in the delivery mechanisms. According to a report in Economic Times, Unfortunately, 50% of the world's manufactured vaccine output is wasted every year. 25% of the vaccine output degrades before reaching the destination. If we talk about vaccine wastage in the current COVID-19 situation, India herself has an average of 6.5% wastage currently. Though vaccine wastage is an expected component of any large vaccination drive, in fact, a vaccine is procured from the maker with an estimated wastage. However, for each vaccine type, the wastage has to be within recommended limits. Otherwise, the supply chain gets impacted. Thus, it is to be seen how best a country can minimize vaccine wastage and maintain the supply chain efficiently. India has the benefit of running the world's largest inoculation program called Universal Immunization Program, which we touched upon in the last episode. Additionally, we also have used technology to support large-scale immunization. As India starts to deliver COVID-19 vaccines to its population above 45 years of age, how is she utilizing these experiences? To know more about this, we are talking to Dr. R.S. Sharma, CEO of the National Health Authority and who has also been supervising the COVID platform, which some of us might interact with sooner or later. Stay till the end to know all about COVID interface and how to navigate through the platform. Welcome, Mr. Sharma, to Healthy Dose. It's an honor to have you with us. Thank you very much, Shreya. Uh, for having me on your uh, podcast. This is the first time India is uh, rolling out a vaccination drive to such a large scale of population. So far, we had programs like polio eradication program, which was limited to a certain section of the population. So what are the challenges that we are facing in this particular uh, vaccination rollout? So if you look at it this way, this is actually the world's largest, you know, vaccination program. Uh, let's, you know, in terms of numbers, we constitute one sixth of the world in terms of population. So you are now going to have a program which is going to cater to one sixth of the world's population. So so at the in, in terms of a scale, this is absolutely unprecedented. Nowhere on this planet has as such large, uh, you know, uh, delivery or large vaccination program as either taking place in the past and probably not take place in future too. So that's one challenge, challenge of scale. Secondly, there is also a challenge of logistics because as, as I explained, as you know, India is an extremely diverse country. So there are areas where there's no electricity also, or there are areas which are highly modernized. So basically, 
you know, you have such huge amount of diversity. Some areas are unreachable. Some areas are very difficult to remote rural areas. So, so there are these challenging of logistics of transportation of of uh, of uh, vaccines. Fortunately, India has a, a good connectivity now. You know, we have 1.2 billion mobile phones. We have about 600 million plus internet connections and and that's that way i think this is the advantage which india has got so despite the unreachability and the the rural and remoteness the india in terms of connectivity is is pretty good at this point in time so 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 scale of the numbers scale of the logistics these are some of the challenges and of course there are challenges of people being educated you know people not educated people being aware about the you know vaccine and its its utility etc is another challenge because kindly remember you know in rural areas many times people say oh there is no corona you know everything is fine why why are you what is the need for a vaccination so so those are the kinds of thought processes which one has to even in the educated you know sort of gentry uh, you see uh, many many health workers also were hesitant to take medicine in the first place so that's awareness is a third third very important challenge so these are some of the challenges which we have uh, in this country you rightly pointed out mr sharma that how given this this is the world's largest vaccination program for covid-19 we are facing so many challenges from logistics to even creating the health workforce that we need for the delivery and administration of this vaccine so that makes me wonder that how are we utilizing the existing infrastructure for this purpose as i understand the universal immunization program that currently india runs which is also known as the world's largest immunization program and where we uh, target infants children and pregnant women for uh, for preventing certain diseases so uh, how are we utilizing that infrastructure in the current scenario uh, for administering covid-19 vaccine so i think this kind of uh, what is requires is also another complexity here that for any system which you devise you have to be careful that you are going to monitor each and every individual because if you have given vaccine x to an individual then after 28 days he should again he or she should again be given x vaccine only not the y vaccine so basically ensuring that a person gets the same vaccine in the second dose if it was the first dose there is no problem but but now because there are two doses so that is is itself a very important uh, you know part of the program because otherwise you know you could have just started the vaccinating people and and you know once you get vaccinated then you go and and that's that's what happens in universal immunization program also that you know you give one dose and of course the other dose will be given after a certain gap maybe the next year and stuff like that so that's one part secondly as you rightly observed that the uip universal immunization program is 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 a somewhat much smaller than this 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 program is an order of magnitude larger than the the uip so that's another part so what we have done is essentially our strategy is to utilize the digital you know communication infrastructure which is the telecommunication the telephone the mobile phones uh, to to ensure that uh, that we are able to reach everybody we are able to communicate everybody and then 
we have created a very robust backbone, digital backbone, which actually can take the load of registrations, appointments, you know, scheduling of the the uh, you know vaccination, and then of course a digital certificate is being issued with QR code and and all the digital uh, sort of uh, security. So that's the kind of structure which we have done, and I think that is the only way we can ensure that a program of such a large scale can be rolled out and and with an accountability of an individual level, which means that we are granular to the extent of individuals. So when we when an individual you know puts in mobile number and OTP and through that method he, he kind of authenticates himself, then we he sees his own you know sort of dashboard that okay, this is these are the people registered on this mobile number. These people have scheduled their appointment. These people have not scheduled the appointment. They have these people have been given the first dose. They will be given the second dose. So I think the entire history of that that you know vaccination comes and that happens at an individual level. So that's the kind of uh, uh, technology which we have put in place. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Mr. Sharma, because I was really looking forward to discussing with you that how we are harnessing technology and data management in the current situation and uh, like given that now we are so technologically advanced how we are uh, making the full use of it in the current situation so i i had also heard you um, in one of your interviews with the quint where you were mentioning that we also have an app called even which uh, looks after the logistics of covid-19 vaccination and as i understand this app was launched in 2015 to support better vaccination logistics and the app has been helping the government with providing real time information to vaccine stocks and flows so in the current situation how exactly are we using it see this uh, even is not being launched since in 2015 in fact even is being used since last about 20 years or so so it's actually quite uh, you know sort of old uh, and people are all all health ministry that's my information of course i have not been you know sort of privy to the the whole thing but as as i heard the history it is an old application which is being used and of course it has been upgraded from time to time so this basically takes care of the vaccine logistics and the it also has actually captures the the value of the temperature uh, of the vaccines stored on their life 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 cycle so to say so the cold chain whether it is being maintained or not is also a part of this this application which is which is very important so that part happens so this is uh, on the one hand this controls the supply side on the other hand the covin and you know these things control the demand side of course demand has to be met with supply which means the vaccines have to be there for people to get and get vaccinated that's very useful to know mr sharma that how we are actually managing the logistics using the technology in hand so if we move on to your uh, very own covin app now and how we are exactly using and like as you were just mentioning that how we are uh, registering everything on the app from dosages to the certificate and everything if you could tell us in little more detail about that no so actually we have created a very simple interface very simple you know so for example you just have your mobile number so you say okay i want to register for you know covin so there are two ways to register on covid one way is using arogya setu app 
Arogi Setu app, as you know, has 150 million subscribers, downloads. And this was launched uh, at the time, you know, about a year back to track and trace the, uh, you know, sort of contact tracing it was done to ensure the, the you know, whether, whether you have come in contact with a person who has been tested corona positive and stuff like that. Now, that application, we have just added an extension to that application to basically register and seek appointment for COVID and also download certificates after vaccination. So, therefore, we have not created any COVID app, so to say. Similarly, we have created just a website, a portal, which is on covid.gov.in, c-o-w-i-n.gov.in. And that essentially has the web interface, which is basically you can go to the internet, you can open this website, and then you can register yourself. So that's one part. The interface is extremely simple. You register with your mobile number you plug in, and then you get an OTP just to prove that you are having that mobile number. And then, you know, after OTP you are done, then the dashboard comes to your, you know, sort of, it gets visible. So if you are registering for the first time, the dashboard will be empty, and then you will be asked to register yourself. And you can register as many as up to four people on that uh, mobile. Like a bank account, you see all the, you know, entities, all the entries which you have made thus far. When what is the stage of each entry, which means that whether a person has been vaccinated, whether a person has been scheduled or whether a person is merely registered. These are the three broadest stages in, in, in your sort of vaccination uh, chain, so to say, vaccination uh, workflow those things are made visible so you are able to see immediately uh, what is the status and of course uh, once you seek an appointment then an sms is sent to the same mobile number uh, which you have used for registration to say that you know you are scheduled for for vaccination tomorrow or day after tomorrow or whatever and then after you have been vaccinated then you can then the message goes that yes you have been vaccinated now you can download your certificate from this link you are also provided a hard copy of the certificate at the vaccination center, but you can download it also. It goes to your DigiLocker also. It goes to your, you know, ROBC2 app also. So, so from there also, you can just fetch it. So, so it's available. And this is important because many times what will happen is that when you want to travel, then you people, airlines will say, okay, so give me your vaccination certificate. So then you can use that. You can issue, you show that certificate in your mobile, take that my certificate. So that's the way it, it happens. Right. I think it's wonderful to know, Mr. Sharma, that how best we are utilizing the technology and putting it to good use in this form and making this entire process of registration and delivery of vaccine so smooth. But at the same time, it uh, also raises challenges about the lack of awareness, lack of accessibility, especially in the rural population where there is no uh, internet connectivity for say or where people are not using smartphones so people have been raising issues about the inaccessibility of this infrastructure in that sense so how would you like to respond to that no i think that's Shreya, is a very good question because the technology should not exclude people technology should be inclusive so to the extent possible we have tried to make the process very simple and if you don't have a smartphone maybe your friend has a smartphone and that smartphone can be used to register you and and he can give your feature phone number. So basically you will get SMS on your feature phone. So, so possession of a smartphone is not necessary. So long as you can find another smartphone uh, in, your, in your neighborhood or among your friends where you can get registration done. So that's one part. So basically uh, feature phone people also can use this facility. 
uh, of course, the the other important thing is that we are not using only online uh, kind of registration system. We are also using what is called walk-ins, which means that you may not, you need not register, you need not do anything, but you can just walk into a center and get yourself vaccinated. Of course, it presupposes that there are vacancies available on that center. I mean, if you walk in and everything is full, everything is already reserved, taken, then maybe you will have to be disappointed, but then you can go next day and stuff like that. But typically in rural areas, you will find where the connectivity issue you pointed out is a problem. Rural areas, you will find that there are vacancies available and deliberately the state governments are also not, uh, not reserving all the vacancies. They are keeping some vacancies and a percentage of vacancies for walk-ins. So, so those people can be kind of mobilized and, you know, they can come to the center and they can get vaccinated. So it's an extremely inclusive system. We are aware, and as I said in the beginning, that India is an extremely diverse country. So you have places which have huge connectivity and you have places which have no connectivity at all. And therefore, you can't sort of ignore those places and, 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 and inclusiveness is a necessary condition for any program to succeed in India. Right. I think that is a very valid point that you mentioned, Mr. Sharma, that how technology also needs to be inclusive. Since we have already talked about how we are best utilizing the government infrastructure in the current uh, rollout, I would also like to know how we are currently using the private infrastructure and how we plan to do that once we move on to the next phase of COVID-19 vaccination. So basically, the the infrastructure is created. This is there. The data will also be there. And probably this can be used for, for uh, you know, vaccination in future. Also, the same infrastructure can be utilized for delivery of uh, other vaccination programs like universal immunization program and stuff like that. So I think it's an application which this country has created. And, and fortunately, let me also tell you that we are now very confident of creating applications at scale. Because we have created Aadhaar, for example, which has 1.3 billion, you know, Aadhaar holders, uh, the largest anywhere in the world. We have also created the Unified Payment Interface, the UPI, which clocked 4 billion transactions in the month of January, uh, la la last, you know, January last. So I think we have uh, uh, large, very large systems, which are heavily, which are absolutely scalable. And therefore, we are confident that we will be able to create such uh, you know stuff in the future also for example our prime minister announced national digital health mission which the national health authority is implementing and that mission will create an extremely inclusive platform where people will be able to get medical services uh, at at affordable prices uh, and and you know sitting at home so so that's the that's the kind of architecture which we are going to have. And we are determined that we will utilize the digital infrastructure and digital software power of the country to, to ensure that we, we kind of reduce the cost of uh, service delivery of various services and also make them affordable and, and, and available, ubiquitous. That's the plan. What is one of your takeaways from the current experience that the challenges we face this time and how we were advancing on technology and building infrastructure as we were facing one issue after the other? So what could be the takeaway from this experience so that we can prepare better for the future public health emergencies? So actually, I think the every crisis has an opportunity in it. And therefore, this crisis has also told us that, you know, for example, the video con which we are having just now, 
typically, you know, you would come to my office or we would meet at some place and then you will record this conversation. Now we are recording it through the, the video conferencing. So this, I think, uh, you know, this is a new uh, paradigm which has which has come about and which is actually very, very, you know, environmental friendly, cost effective uh, stuff because then you don't have to travel. I don't have to travel. Sitting at our places, we are able to communicate effectively and as effectively as you would have communicated sitting front to face to face. So I think that's the that's the kind of we have realized that it is possible to now, you know, scale up and use technology uh, for for various kinds of celebrities. So I think it has it has had a lesson for us and we will continue to upgrade our uh, digital infrastructure and digital software power to to uh, kind of solve our problems, solve our hard problems, so to say. We heard from Dr. R.S. Sharma how technological innovations can help in tackling difficult logistical problems. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning in. We discussed with him how the COVID portal has played a very crucial role in registration and monitoring of beneficiaries of the COVID-19 vaccination drive. Whether technology is a boon or bane has been a matter of debate since years. While in the case of COVID-19 vaccination, technology has mostly proved to be a boon, it has also raised some issues about privacy and data management. In the next episode of Healthy Dose, we discuss this and a lot more about the day-to-day experience of running a vaccination center with Dr. Aksa Sheikh, an associate professor at Hamdard Institute of Medical Science and Research, and also the nodal officer of the vaccination center there. Do tune in. You can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify as Vidhi Center for Legal Policies podcast. You may also listen to us on Google Podcast or iTunes. Don't forget to grab your healthy dose next Tuesday. Until then, stay safe and take care.